Brothers and sisters, confession is available if you'd like to go. Jesus does say in the gospel reading today, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There it is. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I think it was Albert Einstein that said something like, I'm just paraphrasing here, I don't have the quote. It takes a crazy person to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. That's at least a paraphrase of what he said. But he's right. It takes a crazy man or a crazy woman to try the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. And yet somehow, humanity, taken as a whole, does try to do the same thing over and over and over again throughout all of history to find joy, to find happiness, to find that satisfaction in the heart that every human heart longs for. And the same thing that we try is some form of self-absorption, some form of selfishness or self-centeredness. Somehow, trying to take to ourselves forcefully the benefits that this world has to offer us. So usually it's associated with money and this is what um, St. Paul says, money is the root of all evil. Money there is of course money, but it's also representative of what one can do with money. And that means uh, materialism, buying just a bunch of stuff. It means uh, some kind of social status, it means uh, some kind of uh, feeling bigger than other people, being greater than other people because of the amount of money one has, some kind of egotistical thing, somehow forcefully taking to ourselves some benefit in the, from the world that makes us feel bigger than others, that makes us feel better than others, that makes us somehow bodily satisfied or something like that. And this is what human beings have done from as far as Adam and Eve, actually. And we try the same thing over and over and over again, and we don't get a good result. The fact of the matter is, you've tried it, and so have I, and so has everybody that's come before you, and so will everybody that comes after us, save Jesus and Mary. We've tried over and over again to find our happiness in some kind of pleasure, to find our joy in some kind of expression of our ego, to pride ourselves, we think that we're going to feel good about ourselves. That others will look upon us and clap for us, we think will heal the insecurities and the emptiness of our heart. And we try that over and over again. Has it ever worked? It's never worked. It's always been a good band-aid, but it's never solved the problem. In the Gospel reading, Jesus leaves Nazareth and he goes to Capernaum in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. And uh, Matthew, the Gospel writer, says that this is to fulfill a prophecy that was made 700 years uh, before by the prophet Isaiah, who said, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali toward the sea, are the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Why have they seen a great light? Well, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before, would have said 
Well, they will have seen a great light. This is a prophecy in the future. They will have seen a great light, though they were in darkness before, because the word of God would come to them. Somehow God would reveal something to these twin cities, Zebulun and Naphtali. And when the word of God, when God speaks to them, their mind is going to be enlightened. They will come out of that darkness because they're going to receive a new teaching. But even Isaiah the prophet did not expect God to go as far as God did because it's not just that God spoke to these twin cities and certainly to everybody else. What God spoke to these cities and to every single one of us is a person, not just words. It's not just the words of God that he spoke. It is the word of God incarnated in Christ that he spoke to us. Jesus is that word that God gives to us. Jesus is the light that God sends to Zebulun and Naphtali and indeed to every city across the world. Why is Jesus then a light? Jesus is light, the light of God in person. Wherever Christ is, their darkness is dispelled. That's what the gospel reading is saying. Why is that? From that time, Jesus began to preach. These are the first words that Jesus says in his public ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is a fine translation, uh, but it can be better. The word repent in English is usually associated with a repentance from sin. And certainly that's kind of the central meaning of this. A repentance from sin. Go to confession and reform yourself. That's kind of what Jesus is saying here. But he's saying more than that. He's saying something a lot broader than that. It's not just myopic. It's not just focused on simply uh, changing from sin. It's changing a lot more than just merely sin. We make kind of too big of a deal out of sin, if I will give you my honest opinion. Sin is awful and it's evil and it's ugly and it's all these things, but not sinning is still not Christianity. Christianity is a lot bigger than not committing sins. Aristotle told us not to sin. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The original Greek says it much better, it gives the broader meaning. The word for repent in the original Greek is metanoiete, metanoiete, metanoia. This word means something more like change your mind, change your worldview, change the way you think about things, reform your heart, think bigger, think more. Don't think so immediately, don't think so, uh, so much on its surface level. Everybody that came before, and everybody that will come after, and you and I, until we take up Jesus' exhortation in this gospel reading, will think on a merely superficial, surface-level way of understanding the world and our lives and God and everything in it. Because, to the question that every human heart asks, what must I do to be happy, the vast majority of us will constantly answer verbally, accumulate as much pleasure as I can, make as much money as I can, do my duties in this life, and so on. And if we don't say it verbally, we'll certainly act like it. 
But when Jesus tells us metanoiete, when Jesus tells us have a change of mind, think bigger, life is more than what you're putting into it or what you're trying to get out of it. Why? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wake up. There's something bigger going on. Focus on that. Look at the bigger picture. What does it mean that the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Change your mind about the way you think about the world because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's in front of you. In fact, in another part of the gospel, it's within you. What is the kingdom of heaven? There's a big debate about this in theology. I will not get into that. But just to summarize it, the kingdom of heaven is wherever God rules. Wherever the, the kingdom of God, wherever the rulership, wherever the law of God is upheld and followed by a human heart. Wherever a human heart looks up to God and follows him, that's where the kingdom of God dwells. That's the place, the location of the kingdom of God. And that is concentrated fully in the very person of Christ who has taken on the holy yoke of God, the whole law of God, and he's carried it upon his shoulders, he's imbibed it, he's in fact uh, personified it. He lives it out. He is the very word of God. Christ himself is the kingdom of heaven. And wherever Christ is, that's where the light is. Wherever Christ is, that's where darkness is dispelled. Wherever Jesus is, that is where the kingdom of God is. And now for you and I, that can mean our own hearts. There's a really beautiful saying of Jesus to St. Faustina, whom he appeared to many, many times. And he says a lot of really beautiful things to her. It's really good meditation, if ever you want to do that, for a daily spiritual uh, practice. Jesus says to her, I want to make your heart a garden where I will dwell and I will seek fruit on it freely, where I can roam around it freely and take my pleasure in your heart. That's the kingdom of God, where within a heart, Christ and the human soul dwell together and are in communion with one another. When Jesus says, metanoiete, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this is what he's talking about. There's something a lot more that the world has to offer us, and not because the world is offering it, but because, but because God has entered this world. And he wants to give us a lot more than the entire universe can provide for us. And if we take that up, then that search for the satisfaction of the human heart, that itching that every single one of us has, we no longer have to work in this cyclical way, this circular way of doing things, from pleasure to money to satisfaction to pleasure to money to satisfaction over and over again, thinking that we're going to get anywhere with it. Break out of the circle. And we break out of the circle not because we can do it, but because God has broken into it. And that's where we can meet him. And God wants to pull us out of that circle. What does that mean on a practical level? That the kingdom of heaven is at hand means that we live the life of Christ here and with him. Not because we can achieve what Jesus achieves. We can't. We're weak. We're <laughs> sinful people. We're broken, wounded people. There's no way we can achieve what Jesus achieved. But Jesus can dwell in us and achieve it for us and through us and in us. And if we invite him to do that, he will do that. 
And what does that look like? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is what it looks like, brothers and sisters, when the kingdom of heaven dwells within our hearts and we are already living in that kingdom in this life. We are meek, we are poor in spirit, we are thirsting and hungering for righteousness, we are peacemakers, we are merciful. This is what it looks like when the kingdom of God dwells in our hearts. And when God achieves that in us, we no longer have to keep searching for and keep doing the same thing over and over again like crazy men trying to get a different outcome because we won't. God has given us, though, the answer that every heart desires, that every heart is seeking. How do I become happy? How do I become fulfilled? How do I complete my humanity? How do I accomplish what I'm made to do? How do I become whole? How do I find satisfaction? How do I, how do I satisfy that itch that's in my heart? Only when, met, with metanoia, only when we truly have a change of mind, a change of heart, one that seeks not satisfaction from this earth that can't accomplish what our heart desires, but only when we break out of it and we seek God and we seek union with him in Jesus Christ. There, where Jesus will dwell in our hearts as in a garden and roam freely where he can, where he can pick from the fruits as he desires and where he can take his pleasure in our hearts and we in his. Amen. Amen.